Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'll tell you what, Dee, let's, let's try and set a mission for today. Let's see okay. if I can do, I mean, I know I just started that one with that, but let's see if I can come up with a different intro for every single show today, because hey, how's it going, guys? Is uh, is my in my in my into thing? We 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 have discussed this. It is, but you, it's called it's called your go to though. I feel like most intros as well are unintentional. I've noticed with a lot of shows, I've never planned to do an intro, and then I listen back, and it's like, oh, all of them, I start the same way. Yeah, yeah. I think people always start like you watch any videos, it goes, "Hey guys," <laughs> you know, on YouTube and all those people. Yeah, mm. so, so. it's always the same kind of thing. But I think people people do it quite naturally, and you do yours very naturally though. I mean, I could, I could, I could start the podcast as, as if I'm unawares. Like, sort of like, oh, oh my god, I didn't realise you were there. Hi guys, you know. I don't know. We, we, well, for, for a for a while, we did it where we just we were just talking, didn't we? Automatically, yeah. and we just started. Yeah. I've been playing around with uh, a lot of the, the live shows I've been doing with you, so trying to make them look a bit more professional. We're like rolling in intros and sort of like, hey guys, welcome to the show. Oh, look yeah. at this. You know, and then bringing it. It's just a, a way of looking at things professional. I like to look at um, the beginning and the end of my podcast as sort of like bookends. You know, you, you got to start yeah. at one yeah. point and get another. Yeah. So, um, my yeah. favorite bit when listening back to my shows is here is is just the the fade in and out of the theme music i don't know it just always feels so smooth and professional whenever i hear the music yeah. and maybe because it's the only part of my show that i don't do <laughs> well this is this is the best thing about what i'm doing now is i kind of uh with the live shows i have the intro music already with the videos so i don't have to put that in, in post-production anymore I kind of like just fades out and i'm kind of oh, like that's good hey guys how's it going mm-hmm. anyway let's uh, introduce our guest so obviously it's me and d today on the biscuit it's our open studio hey, uh, show yes. number one uh of of the of the day it's going to be a long day but a great day i love these sessions uh and today joining us for the second time on the biscuit is luke allen um from bottle o productions yeah, we, sp- we spoke to you before with uh, with alex wiseman um is it Wiseman or Westwood? Westwood. Westwood. I've always do that. I, I knew a guy years and years and years ago. <laughs> Me and Alex work well. We work together every month at the prison. Um, but there was a guy I was friends with years ago called Alex Wiseman. And uh, I always get their names mixed up. Yeah, And he just got a shout out. So there, yeah, you, go. there you go. Didn't have he'll to say anything. He'll love it. Anything to make his head swell. He's, he, he'll appreciate that. You know Alex very well. He loves it. Um, yeah. So thank you for joining us on the show again for the second time. How have you been? Uh, yeah. Good, I think. I'm trying to think. It feels like a lifetime since April. <laughs> that was during lockdown as well. That was the first lockdown. Yeah. It's crazy to think how it wasn't actually that long ago, but it feels like forever. No, and that was that would have been maybe just before or just as I started to record two minutes about time, which is now like done. So that yeah, it's like T Mat has been like a whole stage of my life, I feel like. It was just lockdown, but it feels like there are there are a lot of stories that happen because of that that I'm hoping to to bring up at some point today. But yeah, um, but this is what um, I'm, I'm going to choose. I nearly said attracted to then, uh, but that would have sounded terrible. Um, <laughs> I I was drawn to you because of your your you've got a real good work ethic and and you you're constantly. It seems to me like your head is constantly like. All the, you see the cogs turning right now. I can see them um, because you are very, you're very productive. Uh, you're always busy. Um, the last time we spoke to you, you just made unstable um, yeah. with with Alex. Uh, you're you you got you know you're an award nominated um, director, and you're how old? Uh, Sixteen. There we go. Oh my gosh! You put the rest <laughs> of us to shame. <laughs> so um let's i mean because obviously your your podcast is film orientated as well you like making yeah. movies 
was there an obsession from a young age with with movies and was that what drove you into doing what you do now i've been trying to think this a lot recently um because as far back as i can remember like whatever films i was watching when i was young well obviously younger uh, were I, i feel like i always watched all the bonus features and all the behind the scenes stuff and i was trying to think whether maybe that was where it started i don't know i know when i was about 10 um uh, at one point me and my granddad just decided to make a, a silly film just with his camera and with iMovie which I think I put up on YouTube a year or two later it's called Mr Middles Models it's utter trash but it's fun and we're kind of in conversation about doing either a remake or another film we did three Mr Middle films and they were kind of just for our own entertainment but for some reason I put them on YouTube and since I look at that as kind of my start point I'd like to do something else with Mr. Middle. At the moment, uh, there's a, a friend of mine, Alex Yusefi, who I'm working with at the moment on a, on a couple of new projects. Um, he was in my film class in secondary school. And the film that we made in secondary school, because it wasn't just me doing it, we tried to come up with a production name and they decided they wanted to call it Mr. Middle Films because of the, the trash that was Mr. Middle's models. So at least that name is sticking, I guess. Are all your films along the same like genre? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did. I mean, comedy has been my favourite, but my best film is drama. So no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I think there's certain tropes and styles in my writing that are kind of similar. Um, but yeah, the, the first two films that I did properly myself were called The 16th Minute and Con Man Denominator. And they were, I'm not particularly proud of them now, but they were they were fun little comedy films uh 16th minute was about a a teenager who ends up having a head injury and wakes up believing he's a famous talk show host and the entire entire film is him (laughs) talking to his psychiatrist over the course of a couple of weeks to try and sort himself out uh and then denominator was a an escaped con man who briefly hides in a nearby building which turns out to be a school and he gets mistaken for the new math teacher or the where do you get these ideas from yeah because this why i asked you about genres because obviously some people have like a thick genre they stick to and yours yours is quite like drama based but where do you get your inspiration Um, for these really know Uh, i spent do you just wake up and be like i have this really weird dream (laughs) and i think quite often they they slide from the initial plan to something completely different, um, which is kind of how overall film production works. I think, I think quite often um, I heard someone say once that, you know, by the time you've got a, a script editor, which I haven't got a script editor, but the time with proper films, you've got a script editor and producers, directors, companies, you end up watching a film that vaguely reminds you of a script you once wrote. Um, and it does kind of feel like that, like slowly everything changes, but um at the moment i've just finished the first draft of a surrealist comedy script because we don't really get much surreal comedy anymore and i think it's just the level of stupidity and silliness that the world might need i think i think that's the uh, when you when we look at like the famous directors the ones that have gone up there and made uh, 
you know, a series and series and series of movies, there's always that one thing. There's always that one thing uh, that, that that kind of uh, that's a callback to every single film. For example, Simon Peck, you know, the, the famous Cornetto trilogy. These yeah. films are nothing about each other, but there always seems to be a Cornetto mentioned somewhere. With you know, you've got Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and what's the other one uh, around the world? Um, well, they they got they got that newer series out now as well, don't they? Yeah, and there's but, been in the first episode there was a Cornetto in that. Yeah, um, you mm. know, the, uh, Tarantino. You know, he uses the same actors, and there's actually yeah. like a, two different universes for the Tarantino films. Um, you know, even for, it's one of those things where it's, it's a calling card, isn't it? Do you think that's important? Uh, I think so. Yeah, there are certain things now which I, which I kind of think, oh, I wish I'd done that with my earlier films because then it could be a thing. But I guess it's probably not a big thing to worry about until I get to like feature, which I've got loose ideas and plans for a couple of features but i have not found the time to write them <laughs> yeah and this is what i love about what you do because like you you you're you're going up there now you you you're starting your career uh, i guess there's lots of education that you're doing at the moment or you're taking a break yeah um uh, 16 you can't be taking a break you know I, mean? I guess um but like <laughs> <laughs> you do your homework kid uh but no <laughs> um when you're not making films you're making podcasts about films and this is this is it's always yeah. in my mind so talk us about two minutes about time what what's going on there okay yeah so we wrapped that up a couple of months ago but essentially was it a couple of months ago maybe a month i can't remember time's weird um <laughs> uh, we recorded it all over lockdown there's this big community which i'd been aware of for a while and guested on a couple of shows back when i did a, a small podcast called please be seated um, and this community is called the Movies by Minutes, where essentially it started with Star Wars. And there are these guys, Pete and Alex, who take every Star Wars film and each episode they analyze and discuss one minute of that Star Wars film until they've covered the entire franchise. Wow. Um, and that, that, that they're still going. Uh, there are now a, 180 known Movie by Minutes shows. The likelihood is that other people have gone off and aren't part of the community as much as we are to share them around. But so many films from obscure films to well-known films have been tackled minute by minute or five minutes at a time or whatever. So um, I had been talking for a while with this guy called Robert Black, who hosts a ton of these shows. And we both had a massive love for Richard Curtis's film about time. And we were like, we, we were sort of talking about doing a show about it for a while and then when lockdown happened and it was like when and when I found out, you know, exams were cancelled, it was literally just free time. I messaged Robert and I was like, do you want to do this? And I think it was probably within, uh, I'd say within probably about a month of having messaged him. We had recorded our first batch of episodes and we're preparing to release. And yeah, so each episode we looked at about time, two minutes of the film about time and analysed it and had different tangents and stuff about it had some incredible guests on and and it's also led to some really weird things including i don't know if you're aware of this at all um my school choir getting noticed by elton john i saw um, this i saw yes. this what no no, no. Expl- i didn't know this explain this to me what is <laughs> um, this uh so i for an episode of two minutes about time for a bonus episode i had a guy called ron sexsmith on who's a great musician because he had a song that was in about time and after chatting with him, I was kind of messaging him and just talking about general stuff. And at one point, I sent him a video of my school choir doing a cover of I'm Still Standing just to kind of say, hey, this is what my friends are doing. Um, next, literally, I think it was about 10 minutes later, I get a message, just send it to Elton. He loves it. Have you got a contact for the school so we can send a thank you? 
and he sent us this video. Uh, we've all been invited to his next gig whenever he comes back, comes to perform in the UK. And yeah, it's kind of amazing. And it was picked up by like Rolling Stone and Enemy and all these other things. Weirdly, kind of annoyingly, none of them mentioned the podcast being where it started, which would have been a great way to get a few listeners. But still looking at it and kind of thinking, this happened just because Ron came on my show. Well, yeah, it's, exactly. It happened because of your show. Could you imagine what else could happen? Yeah. If it's such early days, hmm. stuff like that is occurring. Yeah, because my, well, my motto has always been, if you don't ask, you don't get. Mm. that's been how i've always gone by and recently it feels like i haven't had to ask <laughs> um uh like part way through the show randomly get a notification from twitter that darren brown has shouted us out and it was like oh, okay wow. that's a bit weird uh turns out he's a big richard curtis fan was searching for something to do with richard curtis on twitter and came across our show and wanted to shout us out uh, so i then sent a message saying hey why don't you come on the show and he was like yeah sure so he gave me his email address and we've had Darren Brown on for three episodes just to talk about about time. He had a great anecdote about, um, about having dinner with Rachel McAdams, but not knowing who she was, uh, <laughs> which I think I'll, I'll leave as a way for the listeners to to check out that episode. Um, because it's a, it, he was a very, very fun guy to have on. And yeah, I mean, my, the, the biggest one for me, the biggest guest was our very last episode, which is, my absolute filmmaking hero being Richard Curtis, who wrote and directed About Time, as well as Love Actually, Four Weddings and Funeral, Mr. Bean, Blackadder, Vicar of Dibley, Bridget Jones. Like, he is a genius. And, of course, he also founded Comet Relief, which is, you know, has made billions. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, when I started the show, um, I tweeted his girlfriend who's also the script editor saying do you know if there's any good place i can get hold of a copy of the script and i mentioned the show and she was like oh that sounds cool let me know whenever you have a new episode out and she didn't know where to get a copy of the script um and so i notified her whenever a new episode came out and then part way through i was like oh i'll ask whether richard could record an intro for us so we recorded a little introduction for the show just saying like i'm richard curtis and you're listening to two minutes about time which came at the start of every episode oh before that I get a letter and the, they ask for my address and I get a letter in the post with a signed picture from Richard Curtis and from Emma Freud, his girlfriend, um, which was just amazing. And then partway through during the show, I get a mysterious parcel turn up. Obviously, the listeners can't see this, but it's a copy of the About Time script that they tracked down from Working Title Studios with a little note from Richard to Luke with love and thanks for such a wonderful podcast series, um, which is just amazing. And then... Um, I eventually just asked, he, he was kind of unavailable for a while to come on the show. I asked him just as we were finishing, I was like, we've got one episode left. It's going to just be me and Robert wrapping up the show, unless there's any chance Richard would like to come on. And he did. And we had him on for about 45 minutes. Um, I'm still messaging Emma and chatting with him through there, which was just amazing. And then because he knows how much I collect absolutely like everything that he's written including his recent range of children's books, which he actually said to me at one point to ask everyone in Shropshire to buy because no one's buying his kids' books. So there we go. You heard the um, Shropshire, buy his books. <laughs> um, so his his latest one, uh, I got sent a copy of. Um, hang on, and I'll just... And they are, they are absolutely, like, they're, they're, they're good, lovely, sweet. I mean, all of his films kind of have that love centre to them and, that, and it, it's, it's very much similar with his... <laughs> children's books 
and so Richard used to be um, Emma Freud is his girlfriend did say to me once uh, when we went because she popped on when we were doing the uh, the uh, Zoom call with Richard um, that apparently I resemble quite a lot as to what Richard used to look like back when he started and around the time they first met. <laughs> um, so I get this book that says to Luke from one from one redhead to another with two more for luck pointing at the gingers in there uh, and then signed <laughs> by him so yeah that's brilliant amazing that i i guess i'm kind of a, a good acquaintance of my hero because of this show <laughs> but got, yeah you so, got your you got your kevin smith that's kevin smith for me you know that's that yeah that's that was my in into what i'm doing right now and um I'm so I'm so pleased for you, man. That's really really good because in a short space of time, throughout lockdown, in fact, you've managed to put this thing together, create such a, a, a you know a, a brilliant following, and, and then um, you know interact with the, the heroes, uh, the people that make. I love that. It's beautiful. Mm. Well done. Man. He was and, and you're only sixteen. Yeah. When I when I was sixteen, I was I was deciding what pashminas to wear. And focusing on time to ride my pony, I'd never even thought about doing anything that would actually progress my future. Because what you're doing, like, what is it you study at school? Because um, I was always moment, struggling with subjects. At the moment, I'm doing film sociology and English because they kind of all tie, all tie in, in. yeah, and, and help. Um, but yeah, Richard did even he offered to come back for a show I'm just doing at the moment about love, actually. But it's it's now looking like his schedule's getting a bit manic, so I don't know if that's happening. Uh, but he did say that if he happens to be in his, I think, his Suffolk home, that Kira Knightley lives down the road and he was going to get in touch with her. And that's just kind of, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think now with his schedule, probably not. But even the concept that that could have happened was kind of like, whoa, I'm kind of, I'm in this world now. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh! I just feel I'm so I'm so good that Alan Rickman isn't about because uh, yeah. he's like a constant, isn't he? I love Alan Rickman, and obviously he's not with us anymore. Um, what was it the like? Big hope be- for me will be Bill Nye at some point. Oh, Bill Nye would be great. Uh, but I have heard that apparently he's the one celebrity that the most people in Britain have met. So I'm hoping at some point to have my Bill Nye meeting. Uh, yeah. yeah, that'd be amazing. Um, what was Darren Brown like? Because it's weird when you get someone that's because like, when he's on TV, um, Darren Brown ha- always puts on this m- mystical, moody sort of persona. It's like, okay, yeah. we're going to do some magic, you know. Uh, but like when you get someone on a podcast, they're completely normal, aren't they? What was that mm. like? Well, he's uh, as obviously expected, a very kind of clever and intellectual guy. Um, so there was a lot of links and stuff like with between the themes with about time he was linking it to kind of beliefs with like stoicism and the ideas of certain origins of ideas of happiness and it it, it was fascinating it's not too complicated for listeners to to be put off um but he had a a few uh he was on so each guest we have on we had on for three episodes which came out on a monday wednesday and friday we'd record them all in one go but they'd they'd have three episodes and yeah he did great um the only issue was the slight technical difficulty I ended up having because he was quite a, he was sort of quite last minute compared to some of the other guests we had on in that, like I had the schedule planned and then he was like, Oh, I can do next week. And it was like, okay, I'll just shift a few things around that. I ended up sending him the wrong minutes of the film. So he had prepared notes on the previous week's minutes of the film and then when we realised that, I had to send him the minutes and he had to just give us his thoughts literally instantly after watching them. Um, and so for that, he did a great job. You wouldn't notice. I don't know if... I think I kept in the technical hitch of us realising because it was kind of funny, but 
I think if I didn't, you wouldn't notice because his his breakdown and analysis is just great. Um, and uh, you know, uh, podcasting isn't great. I mean, it's great if you've got a, a focus. You know, you've got a very singular focus there with the, with the movie. Um, but as far as podcasting is is concerned, it's a journey, right? You you, you learn yeah. an awful lot. What have you learned while you've been doing it? Ooh, um, I think even subliminally, you kind of notice a lot of ticks about the way you talk when you're editing, um, which is one thing. I think I don't think I was ever a big kind of um, uh, which I still do a little bit, but I I think I've improved on that a little bit. Uh, other, <laughs> there we go. Um, other than that, uh, I'm trying to think because uh, I've recently been listening back, and I think it was just the freedom of tangents that I kind of slowly got used to because at first it was like, okay, we need to talk about the minute we need to talk about the minute. And then I kind of realized that's not how MXM shows tend to work. The minutes are almost a conversation starter. And then we, you know, Tim experienced this in the film. Have we experienced anything like this? There's a big, uh, every guest we have on, we ask them if they could go back in time to a moment in their life. So the listeners who don't know uh, about time is a time travel rom-com. Um, we have to listen to they go back in time to some point in their life to either relive it or change something about it, what moment in their life they'd choose, which was kind of a great discussion to have. And that was one thing we asked every guest. There's now a video up on the Move by Minute YouTube channel, I believe, where it's mostly just audio with kind of text on the screen saying each guest, but it's about an hour of every guest's answer to that question. Um, yeah, I like yeah, that. It was, good, it was good fun, and it was... I'm kind of glad that that's one thing I've kept up with. Other than that, for podcasting, I guess kind of consistency and setting setting up things that you want to do, and then realizing there is no way you can keep that up. <laughs> so at one point, we have we have a segment where we give them a random minute from the film uh, because it's a time travel film. So we give them a random one of the previous minutes in the in each Friday episode, and they have to discuss that one. And I thought it would be fun for each episode, well, each of those episodes to give the random minute segment a different name. And then I very quickly realized that with about 25 weeks of the show, there was no way that I had a different way of saying random minute <laughs> for each week. So we gave up on that. I think we kept up with a different way of saying goodbye for every episode. I think for all 75 episodes, we had different weird ways of saying goodbye. But the likelihood is we probably that's something that Al would really struggle with. Al's yeah. got his his trademark ending. That's going to change <laughs> today. There's going to be a new intro and a new goodbye for every single episode. I promise you on this open studios. We'll have to try it. <laughs> uh, but like, we have we have we well, there was a weird list online of like really odd phrases some of them were like rhyming phrases some of them odd ones because at first we were fine and then it was like okay we're gonna have to start googling these um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's normal to be uh, very conscious about your mannerisms when you're talking down a microphone. I mean, uh, I, I very famously, very famously, because of course I'm famous, but no, I talk about it a lot. <laughs> I talk about it a lot on the biscuit. Um, I, I had a thing written on my wall where I first started doing my podcast, and it was it said, um, "Don't do it, fat boy." Um, but like you know what, I listen to. Uh, you find yourself listening to a lot of uh, dialogue on TV, movies, things like that radio even and you realize that people say um an awful lot even in the most professional circumstance you know yeah my, my co-host when he edits his shows he cuts out all breathing all ums all errs mm, all pauses yeah and i i whilst i like listening to his shows when i was editing this i did not do that if he also doesn't like people overlapping talking it's like no i'll have overlapping i'll i'll have it as 
as it was with a kind of fly on the wall thing rather than sounding mm. so so smooth because I, I prefer shows that are kind of informal i prefer shows where people kind of cut off themselves and get all confused and say things wrong and then, <laughs> yeah it's it, it feels a lot better i think some of my favorite shows are less professional shows things like um there was a show i i was lucky enough to guest on recently called sitcamed um where they look at an episode of well they're doing every sitcom but the moment for the past couple of years they're going through friends they're on series three one of them really enjoys it one of them hates it and the other one's in the middle um although they've since realized with the first three seasons that friends really has a lot of issues but they're going episode by episode of that and there's a lot of kind of weird in jokes weird tangents things go wrong and that's fine i i I enjoy that uh, i find that kind of a lot more entertaining and a lot more realistic a listen I, I come up with an idea once of um, psychoanalyzing Ross Geller for every single episode uh, because I feel like out of all the uh, he he is a, quite a character quite character in front, yeah. but he also has one of the most interesting journeys because he's uh, yeah he's a very interesting character Ross and I think there's a lot to look into that but um, yeah I had that idea once I love the idea that actually that um, your episodes are classed as an icebreaker because i'm a big fan of the uh, the office ladies because i love the office right the american office oh, that was brilliant yeah uh, i love it i love it and um basically they take they, they do one episode per episode you know of the podcast mm, yeah and they, they will talk for an hour about one episode and they'll break it down into oh do you remember when that was that wasn't even supposed to be in it that wasn't and people have always asked what we do with the conference table because one minute the conference table's there the next minute it's not and at least they have these amazing conversations about little background items do you find yourself with this podcast finding out more about each scene that you didn't even realize you're like oh my god i never yes. even realized that before Yes, and so my, my co-host is definitely familiar with that. So he because he did a thing called uh, Groundhog Day Project, where a couple of years ago, for a year, he watched Groundhog Day every day, um, and did a blog about it. And so he's very much of the kind of knowing how much there is you can notice because I think he knows Groundhog Day better than anyone else on the planet. <laughs> um, he, he did a locations tour once for Groundhog Day where the location manager was doing the tour and the location guy started asking Robert questions because he knew more about it than <laughs> than he did. Yeah, having a co-host is that familiar with stuff. He also, he's um he's a college professor from California. So weirdly, my co-host, I have never met before. <laughs> um, but uh, he is obsessed with locations. So if he doesn't know where something is, he will spend hours on Google Maps and Google Earth trying to track down each location. Mm -hmm. And I think we figured out everything. There were a few we were unsure of. And then we were lucky enough in one of our last episodes to get the location manager of About Time on. And we asked him about those ones. But no, like I sent Robert a picture of the front of my house test. And within about three hours, he came back with my address, which is kind of terrifying. That is a skill. Yeah, he, t- oh, he told wow. me that he used a couple of things on my social media to look it out, which is kind of makes you a lot more aware about what information you put out. Um, <laughs> but so I won't say how he did, but I was very much kind of like, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now very careful of what personal information I, I leave out on, on a podcast. Um, uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's he gets obsessed with that stuff and there are weird things you become obsessed with on the podcast we became obsessed with this one random extra who we thought was a guy called graham curry 
And then it turned out he wasn't a guy called Graham Curry, but we couldn't track down who this real, who this extra actually was. There was no listing for him. We went onto extras databases and searched. Can't remember why, but it was one of those where as soon as we realized it was hard to figure out who he was, we became obsessed with figuring out who he was. Um, Now I think if I go any further and he finds out, he'd probably be very terrified. But there ended up being, because we thought he was a guy called Graham Curry at first, there ended up being a lot of in-jokes about Graham Curry. uh, to the extent that you can now buy the Graham Curry fan club t-shirts from our merchandise store. <laughs> uh, partway through the show, I did go on IMDb Pro and I tracked down Graham Curry and I phoned him up and I told him he was an in-joke for a podcast. <laughs> um, and he he took it really well. He's going to get the Graham Curry fan club t-shirt for himself. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. So yeah, it's kind of incredible and incidentally if the listeners vote for us at the move by minutes awards uh, which i can probably find linked somewhere on my social media um if graham curry wins best recurring gag um then uh we will do a bonus episode with graham curry on video where all of us are wearing graham curry shirts nice <laughs> i like that i like that a lot oh You've had an amazing journey, and I, I gotta, I, I have gotta like give it to you because I, we, me, me and Tom Bruno, we did, um, we did a show called Back to the Futurama. I think it changed, changed names actually because there was a an audio Futurama podcast called that. But we, we did a show based on Futurama. We were going to do a few episodes per podcast episode, and because I'd now hadn't seen it in years, Tom knew it off by heart. I would watch the episodes and I would quiz him on things that happened during the episode to see if he remembered. Right. It was great fun. It really was, but it was so time consuming. I'd have to watch an episode and I'd free, fill up like three pages of, of notes and then, then I'd we'd do the podcast and <clears throat> it was just, it was just such, such hard work. Um, so to do what you're doing um, uh, and keep it going and, and finish as well, not just finish, but to, with, uh, with great uh, results as well. Uh, I, I yeah. We did a, we did a fun last week of the show. So once we had wrapped up, covering about time we we did one no i think we did two episodes on the end credits we didn't do them minute by minute which some shows do but we were kind of like it will get boring (laughs) Um, uh, so we did one on the end credits because the end credits start with different shots of like locations from the film so we did that episode with the location manager steve mortimer and he told us about all the locations then it was just one with me and robert where we kind of just read through a lot of key points in the credits and uh, I think I read out most of the credits. <laughs> he, 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 I edited it and then he kind of re-edits it and cuts out all the stuff that I've left in that he doesn't think should be in the episode. Um, so I think he probably trimmed that down a lot uh, before it went out. But incidentally, that episode ended with a musical number, which I don't think a movie by a minute show has done, <laughs> um, where randomly seemingly randomly although heavily planned over months uh, ourselves and several of our former guests burst into ron sexsmith's gold in them hills to finish off the episode um which was just obviously a bit of fun one of our it was mostly podcasters one of our guests um was a a a, a name that people might know was a guy called ewan mcintosh who played big keith in the uk office um he came on the show he had a very cynical view of about time (laughs) which was very funny but he came back for the musical number um he uh and yeah so i i I literally got to the point of just asking a lot of 
people randomly just do you want to come on the show and talk about about time despite the fact that you've never seen the movie and they were like yeah sure because it's always fun to have people who've only seen those minutes like we had a we had a guest on um in one of our earlier episodes who from the minutes had no idea that time travel was involved whatsoever (laughs) which was just kind of great um and you see you get that kind of different reading but yeah for the very last week we brought back several of our former guests um for a random minutes special wherein we literally had it we had an online randomizer that randomized the number between one and 124 i think it might have been 119 if we cut the end credits but essentially whatever number came up would equal a minute of the film we'd then send all of those people the minute and they've literally got to watch it once and then analyze and discuss that minute with no prep that was really fun that was about three hours long and we trimmed it down to one um but that, that that's also available as a video episode over on the Move On Minute YouTube channel, which is called the MXM Hub, I believe. Um, and then we did a commentary on About Time. And then we had the Richard Curtis one. So the last week was it's good fun. And for those people listening who maybe want to get a taste of the show but don't want to go just jump straight into a minute by minute, those last three episodes probably kind of cover what the show's like, what our guests are like. And it's, yeah, it's, pretty cool. it's just been great fun. What are you working on now then, uh, now it's finished? Now, um, are you going to do another one? Um, I've, yeah. Um, so at the moment, just started is a, because of how much we realised through our guests, how people loved Richard Curtis. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're doing, which we just started, um, our pilot episode came out a month ago, but we've started releasing properly as of yesterday at time of recording. So there may be a couple out by the time this is out. Um doing day by day of love actually so i cut up love actually into each individual day within december or november that it takes place over so the scenes that are that, that start with the title card five weeks before christmas come out we discuss that in an episode that's released five weeks before christmas um and that's myself and a, a friend of mine lara who who's our first time doing podcasting and that's been good fun in each episode we have two guests who don't know each other come on because we found that's quite fun kind of get having the guests getting to know each other as the listeners know that get to know the guests it was kind of good fun uh the, the day by day thing i kind of stole from a guy called uh sean and christoph i think who do who did national lampoon's christmas vacation about three years ago and that was that was my first introduction to move by minute community so that idea had always been in my head that as soon as i was like i could do it with love actually we did that I'm also in talks of doing Lame as a Rob, um, the 2012 version of the film, uh, doing that 2.46. Best film of all time, just well, putting that out there. We're, we're, we're doing that 2.4601 <laughs> minutes at a time. Yeah. Um, that will be very time consuming. So that's, I'm hoping to record next year, but A levels will be coming up by that by then. So <laughs> who knows? Um, other than that, Vicar of Dibley was also a thing that I have booked out to hopefully start next year, just doing episode by episode with Helen May Austin, who actually played Sophie in Unstable, uh, my film, because uh, she came on two minutes about time. We ended up talking a lot about Vicar of Dibley. We then made a passing joke about a Vicar of Dib- doing a Vicar of Dibley podcast, and then it kind of stopped being a joke. Um, so that may be happening next year, fingers crossed. Uh is there is there is there a unicorn out there for you that you just can't get? Like, is there a, a movie or a franchise that you would love to do, but it's just far too long and it would just take you for years? Ooh. 
like the Lord of the Rings extended editions or, you know, they have Game of Thrones. <laughs> they, they? They, they have been done by someone. I think they're doing the extended ones. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. There's nothing off the top of my head. It's kind of lame Miz in itself is pretty long, which I guess is good mm. when we're not doing it minute by minute. Um, not really. I I toed and froed about whether I would just do everything Richard Curtis, uh, but that may lead to a restraining order. Um, but it's uh, that was um, that was a thing that we were doing. There, I, I am. I'm pretty sure that next year there is another Richard Curtis thing I'm looking at doing over Christmas, which is in 1991 he wrote a TV movie starring Alan Cumming, Rowan Atkinson, and Lenny Henry called Bernard and the Genie. Uh, I'm holding the German copy because it was never released on DVD in the UK for some reason, uh, which is really fun. Um, so I'm thinking about doing something with Bernard the Genie next year because that'll be the 30th anniversary of this great TV movie. Um, uh, I'd love for you to do some Blackadder much... stuff. I love Blackadder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. The interesting thing about doing stuff like that is the fact that Move My Minutes is a very American community that most of our guests and people on weren't even aware of, like Vicar of Dibley or anything like that. So it was very kind of fun to to get to know all of those people in that way. And there's um, one thing which is another good thing because of lockdown is every year there's a Move By Minute meetup in America, which I'd obviously not be able to go to not being in America, but they did a, uh, a zoom thing, um, which was called MXM at home. And that was amazing. Whilst time zone wise, it meant it started at about eight in the evening and finished at about five in the morning. Um, it was just great to kind of all of these people from all of these shows all on one screen. And we kind of, we do like big group podcasts together and things. And yeah. It's great to I find mean, a community. It's, it really is important as well, because there's a lot of people that will, um, I don't know, sit on the, on the Xbox all day, not really go out and especially during lockdown, mm. uh, not really, not really be part of anything and get depressed about it. You know, and I always find, I also I tell people oh. to find yourself a fan base. And this is a crazy thing. To, you know, um, there are some toxic fan bases out there, like your Star Wars fans, things like that. But it's good to be part of something. Like I like the I like the American Office. I'm part of like the meme exchanges and the the, the groups and stuff like. that. Yeah, I think ev- anything with the tiniest bit of a following has a fan base. Like we've got a Facebook group for two minutes about time, which is still probably a couple of posts a week we get in there from just different people sharing stuff about about time i didn't know that many people love this movie but people do some people hate it and also like talking about it um and i think the whole movie by minute thing has kind of proven that there's a fan base for kind of anything yeah it may be hard to find some of them uh, but they're there and they're They've been they've been great fun and the good stuff about MXM shows is that we do kind of there's a big Facebook group a movie by minute Facebook group where quite often we all guest on each other's shows as well which is just brilliant so like I might get a post from let me think uh, what was one recently I was on um, Wildcats Minute doing High School Musical they put a post out <laughs> they put a post out saying anyone want a guest on this show and I was like yeah I'm available then I'll come on and do it and it's it, it's as simple as that I think I'm I've got several up next year. I'm doing something with the Mighty Ducks. Oh, oh I'll come on the Mighty Ducks one with you. Absolutely. 100%. I'm doing something with Rocky Horror. I'm trying to think. Oh, Rocky uh, Horror is amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm booked down for. And there's a guy who's doing um, each episode. He looks at one of Tom Hanks's films. I think I'm down for a couple of them. I can't, I've, I've booked a ton of guest slots for next year, basically. Um, I've I've pretty much 
cancelled anything else this year because I'm like, I need time to edit Christmas Actually, the Love Actually podcast, uh, because that is some of those episodes are very, very long. Um, But yeah, essentially, it's it's just a great, fun community. And one of the really fun things about it is, um, which may sound silly, but as someone who's trying to get in as a filmmaker, podcasts can now be listed on IMDb. Um, which is even when they're audio only. So a lot of like the big guests we've had to have them listed on the IMDb is a good boost for the podcast. The fact that Richard Curtis recorded the intro for most episodes of two minutes about time means that he's got about 60 odd episode credits for two minutes about time. And we do ask all of our guests beforehand, whether they mind being put on IMDb and most of them are absolutely fine with it, which is great because it kind of just furthers the page and the publicity for the show um, so yeah, it's a it's a lovely lovely community. I um, I, I searched myself on IMDb. <laughs> IMDb. I searched myself once, uh, just randomly, and I'm on there. I was like, what? Because uh, uh, I, I started doing the voice acting for a movie I'm making with a friend of mine, Ash um, Incognito. It's not quite finished yet. Um, uh, I'm on there, but yeah, it's still being produced. Um, I've got, I wanted to ask you actually about about uh, filmmaking because that's obviously where you want to go to in your career. Yeah. Um, I always remember a, a story about Josh Trank. Do you know who Josh Trank is? I know the name. I don't. He I don't he he created a YouTube video that went absolutely bonkers because he added his own special effects and stuff into it. And uh, the studios were like, "We want you to make a film." And he made the movie Chronicle. It was a film where people can move. Uh, they can move things with their hands and stuff. Um, and from the back of that film, which was a massive success. Um, they, uh, I think it was Sony were like, you want to do the Fantastic Four film for us? And he was like, yeah, okay. And he wrote this amazing, amazing script. And I think you you touched on it at the beginning of this episode. Amazing script. And um, the studios just tore it to pieces. And they made mm. this piece of trash that didn't even resemble what he wrote. And it almost ruined his career. I mean, he's done all right uh, since. Uh, luckily, he just made the new Al Capone movie. Um uh, and he's he's doing lots of great things, but they nearly ruined his career because of their choices. Now, when it comes to being a filmmaker, do you hold out your integrity and you're like, no, this is the one, this is what I want to make, or do you sell your soul to the devil? I, I'd like to think I hold on to integrity with some things. There've been, I'm trying to think. Uh, at the moment, it's it's kind of unless it's something completely horrible, any job I can I can get at sixteen in a way, but. There, there are a few things where I'm kind of like, I don't think it'd be best for me to work on this film or this project. Or I'm often, um, as a film as a runner on like last year, where I will ask, I will ask questions of the, of the writer or director to kind of check how things are being done. I'm assistant director on a uh, Shropshire indie film, which I don't know whether you're aware of, called uh, Jumping Out of Your Skin. Yes, it's a Black Lives Matter body swap film. So I'm, I made, I'm the first AD on that. And you know Gareth um, quite well. He's a good, good yeah. friend of the show. Yeah. And and so we, I I'm down for that. But I'm also Gareth is also aware that if there's stuff in the, I'm expecting there won't be. If there's stuff in the strip where I think, oh, that seems a bit off. I'm not sure about that. Then I will, I will make that conversation, because yeah, it's it's definitely important. I've I've taken a stand for for several things, uh, and I'm very over aware of certain. I'll, I'll, I'll even with podcasts when i've guessed when i've guessed it on them i'll likely at some point after this recording today 
send send you a message at some point today thinking oh this thing i said i'm not quite sure how it came across could you cut that out just to be safe could you do so it's, it's a it yeah i'm i'm very paranoid in that way that i i think i've i've kept integrity hopefully if you've had to be cancelled already that would that would be a bit of a bummer yeah i think you, you did that last time actually i think you did it last time you were kind of like oh uh, i didn't like that thing i think we've, we've been all right on this episode though i think we've just talked about maybe I think so. um uh but i think i think what you are sir is you are your hope your hope and then in that the new generation is going to bring out uh because like, yeah. we're worried at the moment that the the this industry is going to fail not fail but it's going to uh, be damaged uh, uh, to the extent where it's going to be hard to recover, right? Because of this, uh, this, this, this situation we're in. But um, we need fresh new ideas. We need fresh new um, talent. And this is what you represent. And, you know, you, you seem to be surrounding yourself by people that have, have all also have these, um, these ideas. And I, I definitely am encouraged by your work. And I was from the beginning, to be honest, the, the fact that there's people like you and Gareth and, uh, you know, people that are all meeting up that are doing these these things. You, you're the future, man. Absolutely, you're the future. Yeah. So keep doing what you're doing. I'm really proud of you, man. Yeah, it's been it's been good. And one of the advantages with doing these podcasts as well is I can just get in touch with these people with different roles in the film industry and say, do you want to come on and talk about About Time? And then almost kind of partially slide into conversation my own passion for film and see whether I can get a little bit of advice out of them. Well, you are, you are kind of getting your name out there, aren't you, already? Yeah, I like found some that. of these amazing people that you've had on the podcast, you've spoken to, Elton and John. to be sixteen, to be sixteen and feel get your name out there—that's pretty mental. <laughs> yeah, it's some some things have been have been quite funny. Like I'm trying to think, I sent my film into like a group chat with some people from my college at one point, and one of them had said they'd seen it before and didn't know when, but they'd watched it before, which was kind of like okay, that's kind of cool. Um, I'm trying to think there were a couple of there are a couple of times where a film I've done someone's messaged me saying that they've that like a friend of theirs has seen the film they didn't ask their friend to watch it but their friend was like hey I saw this film and it turned out to um so yeah like with um uh Common Denominator it was not a great movie but I think the greatest thing that happened with it well easily the greatest thing that happened with it is I wanted like a, a little celebrity voice cameo at the start of the film uh, over a black screen just a bit of dialogue that's happening and we got carl pilkington to do it for us which was just a great fun and no so I, 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 I shared that into a carl pilkington <laughs> group chat can i just ask if yeah. you've got his details send him my way because i would love to record an hour of just carl pilkington talking machine yes it would yes. be the best audio we've ever released it would go viral it, it would be the best thing everything yeah you want me um, you want me you want me <laughs> the the no, I can't. I can't. It's it's a it's very easy to get in touch with him. I I can't say. No, I won't. Um, it was it was one of it was one of the things his agent said when we did it. They were kind of like, don't tell a ton of people that this is how you got him to do it. Like he's happy with doing it, but okay, don't mention um, it because you're going to give me editing but, to do. I know you're going to be like, oh, yeah. take it out, I look. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, but essentially when we did that. A friend of mine who was in it because a lot of that that point whilst now i'm working with like a lot more almost actors who've done acting at a larger scale that was still you know school friends that were in the film and one of them messaged me saying like their cousin 
was in one of the Carl Pilkington fan groups where I shared the film, watched the film and then was suddenly surprised to see that cousin in the film. Um, so, yeah, so little things like that have been kind of fun. A couple of people have said they think they remember seeing me about with a, about Unstable in the Shropshire Star as well. So it's it's every time I hear something like that, it's a tiny bit of kind of, it's, do, it's, it's sort of excitement and relief that it's doing something, that people are remembering things that I've done. And I'm hoping with this new project I'm doing, working title for it is at the moment is called Reduced to Clear. And it's a surrealist comedy set in a charity shop. It's either side-splittingly hilarious or utter trash. It's <laughs> it's that it's it's definitely one or the other because the comedy is so kind of very much the surrealist comedy of like Monty Python, um, like naked gun, airplane kind of thing. So sometimes uh, it's so blunt it's funny. Yeah, it's so out there, yeah. And don't we've call also, me Shirley. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've also got a lot of a lot of background gags in it as well. Like we don't want to we don't want every joke to be force fed, which is also easier because if you make the gag subtler, then it either works or it doesn't. Like people, you're not having people say like, "Oh, I spotted that joke, but it didn't work." Like they only spot it if it works. It's it's it's. Um, but I'm really proud of what we've got there. We've got some potentially great, like amazing cast lined up to do it um a couple of people i've I've, who i've done podcasts with and stuff that i'm in conversation with where that will go what will happen we're looking at filming in summer so like things could have changed massively once again the script could just vaguely remind me of the script i wrote um because it's uh but yeah it's my first time co-writing and well if you ever need a voice actor i'm your man we we we, we may we may do we may do um, but yeah, I, I won't say too much about that because I haven't asked my my co-writer what I can say. But we're very excited about Reduced to Clear. It's just, I guess, finding a charity shop that would be willing to shut for like three days for a for a group of teenagers to make a short film is probably <laughs> going to be the difficult bit. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, hope, I, I think there's enough charity shops across Shropshire that one of them might say yes. Yeah, speak to a Shropshire Cat Rescue. They might help you. They're, they're a cool bunch. They're a cool bunch. Um, yeah. Anyway, Dee, we need to round this up. Have you got any questions to to ask before we get? I'm just I'm just shocked. Like coming onto this, it was like I knew your name, but I hadn't really done much research into you who you were at the time. I've been all over the place recently, yeah, just... but it's absolutely I'm absolutely blown away by the stuff you've achieved. And obviously, this is one thing that I'm pretty sure Al will remind you as well. So when you're a big thing, don't forget about us. <laughs> <laughs> I won't let him. I won't let him. Like, oi! Hunt you down. It's me. Well, I will. I well, if, if anything massive happens for any reason, just drag me back on the show. Like, I will. I will. I will always. It's always fun to. I I always like guesting on podcasts because you get the fun of the talking and not the pain of the editing. So yeah, it's yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> Although, as I as I said, my my, my my paranoia my paranoia means I'm basically doing half of the editing work and saying. No, but I always think I always tell Alex because Al does the same thing, and I said no, it's because you care and you're passionate and perfectionists. That's all it is. It's being a perfectionist that who cares. So it's not a bad thing. Yeah, because I, I Al's always so, trying yeah. to like worry about what you're saying and editing what you're saying. I got uh, a little bit. Sure <laughs> It does pretend to show it. This one, yes. The other ones he does, no, it just goes rogue. Yeah, I got I got a little better with two minutes about time when I kind of hit the realisation of it's three days a week. Everyone's going to forget it two days later. 
Yeah. Like whatever's yeah. in it, they'll be listening to the Wednesday episode and forgotten the mistake that was made uh, in the Monday. That it uh, don't of, be so naive, yeah. man. These things won't be careful. They never I was go. Gonna say, you got to be careful. You, you get those stories <laughs> where things come back and haunt them. Don't yeah, you? that's. Back and, bite you in the ass. and it will that's, with me for sure. Absolutely will. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that, 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 that is one of the things where I look at everything as I'm wanting to get a good place in the meet. I don't think there's anything I've ever said which has had bad intentions, but when things can be misconstrued or I, you even have to think about audio editing and n- nipping bites out of context and what that would sound like if they didn't have the context of the rest mm. or yeah. So it's, but I think I'm, I'm keeping good, good track of everything. Um, and incidentally, if anyone for some reason wants to hear where they can find a ton of my stuff, I recently joined Podchaser, um, which is, I'm just about figuring out how it works. So are either of you familiar with Podchaser at all? No, did, did you message me about Podchaser? Yeah, and now yeah. I can find you on there, but I didn't, you weren't on there before. Basically, someone in the Movement Minute community shared about it, and it's like it's like a social media platform for podcasts. And you can link like every guest appearance you've had on different stuff and where they were, and it's, it's follow different cool. podcasts. It's been good fun. So apparently there are three days and 17 hours of podcasts I've been on. Uh, which is kind of terrifying. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but it's it's always fun to kind of just go through it, and it kind of logs every guest appearance I've been I've been credited for, and I add all the guests on. So it's it's a it's a good way of keeping track of of every show and looking like feeling like you've achieved something when you go through and be like, oh yeah, I did Mean Girls Minute two years ago, or I did. Yeah. Yeah. A, a bit of advice for you, though just to part with before we end the show don't worry too much about what people think about what you've said or things that you may have got wrong because that's what makes you human right because we can't be perfect all the time and from what from what we see and from what everybody else sees you're a sterling example of what this next generation can do right so even if you do drop the odd f-bomb or you. you, you say something that you may be misconstrued like you said who cares? Who cares? You're offering these things. You, you are, you're giving something back, and that's the most important thing. And that's the only thing people will think about. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hoping and thinking that should be the, should be the case. But yeah, it, it is, it is good, it is good fun to just do all these little, all, all these shows, all these guest appearances. It's, and as I said, just using things like Podchase or IMDb and occasionally just going back through and thinking, oh, yeah, my first guest spot was back then or this is when I first did this or that. It's kind of weird. Like I did my first podcast two years ago, uh, maybe three. I can't remember. I did a show called Please Be Seated, uh, which is we've, we've actually got a Christmas special coming out this year. But essentially it was it's done, uh, which was just different guests reviewing a film of their choice. And then as a result of that, I did guest spots on movie by minute shows and then i became part of the community so i just i went to look yeah. for a pod chaser and i accidentally put in poo chaser into the uh, <laughs> let's quickly change that i didn't want to look at that while i was chatting to you but yeah uh, yeah it's it, it, it should be it should be good fun and i realize i'm i'm running very close to your to the deadline so i will i'll shut up <laughs> no um uh, I would encourage you guys to look for everything that Luke's done. Go to Podchaser, uh, but also go to his website, which is uh, lukeallen.co.uk. Uh, everything that he's worked on there, the podcast and things, everything is there. Um, and Luke, you've been a great... Um... You know, I've never had anyone do my plugs for me before. That's no. nice. I like, <laughs> I like to do that. It shows that you're paying att- <laughs> yeah, it shows that we're paying attention. Um, but yeah, thank you so, so, so much. Um, Thanks for having me on. And, and we'll get you on again. Fun. I'll always love chatting to you. Um, 
we are running out of time so uh, it's nice to do a guest spot and still have the rest of the day available like because of time zones <laughs> i'm most of my guest spots are in the evening and then it runs to about midnight and it's like well okay, i'm, I'm about to <laughs> end this and call mr kevin horak a famous author from shropshire um um but you've been an amazing guest i will get you on whenever d thank you so much again for getting up in the morning for joining us i know obviously asking me to do the first one what is this oh I'll it's a be- saturday we what are re- you doing? We had a quick reschedule. Uh, I, 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 I was like, yesterday I was kind of like, ah, uh, I need a new guest. Uh, and Luke, uh, very happily, was kind of like, yeah, I'll come on. Yeah, that's, yeah that's it, I, I wasn't able to say anything like before then because I've been self-isolating with COVID and I didn't know what life would be like until the day before. And I was like, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. I haven't had any symptoms, but I didn't want to commit to anything that's a beauty i can't wait um, i mean i'm not going to self-isolate because i'm positive i'm not going to get it but you know uh i can still do this even though i've got covid i'll just go <coughs> uh, yeah bro. anyway uh this has been great um before we get out of here i would like to tell you guys about a couple of things uh of course um have you guys heard of the carols on the doorstep that's going on in shropshire on the 16th of december um, BBC Radio Shropshire, amongst other radio stations, are going to be playing Christmas carols and encouraging people to step out on their doorstep and sing Christmas carols. You can listen through the radio. They will play the songs you sing. But this thing is getting nationwide recognition, not just Shropshire. Everyone is jumping on this. It's such a brilliant idea. Pretty much all of Shropshire is involved, but I think parts around the country are getting involved as well. So how amazing that's going to, is that going to be? You'll be able to step out on the 16th of December and even if you don't want to sing, you can step out and listen, you know? I see. Is it going to be like when we used to do the claps? Yeah. Where everyone singing. outside at the same time. Yeah. Are they going to do it? Is it going to be a set time or have they not announced yet? Um, obviously, if you just throughout the day, I might just go and stand on the doorstep by myself at like three in the afternoon singing. <laughs> uh, 16th of December. I've got the website up here. Is it just weird. a start date? Um, they're doing one on December the 16th and one on Christmas Eve but I would go to uh, My Shrewsbury have a look at My Shrewsbury because Katie Rink is heading up a lot of this and you can find out the finer details but you know we can't go out to to you know uh, do carol singing we can't go out no. to do all this sort of stuff so this is just a nice a nice way of uh, doing something together with social distance and stuff so make sure you check out that also uh, I want to give a shout out to the parade shop so we're not there today um, we would be there today doing this if it wasn't for this COVID nonsense um, so give a, a shout out to them and also finally to chris goff from cgr business solutions who's helped us uh, in our journey to become uh, registered cic um uh, make sure you check out him for business solutions luke you've been an amazing guest thank you so much thanks for, for having us. me on well i've yeah. done again and we will catch you next time on the shoes brisket goodbye <laughs> <laughs>